Welcome back, everyone, to Nintendo Dispatcher, a weekly Nintendo podcast covering all things from the world of Nintendo. I'm James. And I am Michael. And it's just the two of us. Just the two of us. Yes, it is. We can podcast if we try. Just the two of us. Yep. As everybody knows, this is a holiday weekend, and uh, Christina is out doing holiday things with the family. So we are recording just the two of us, like old time, olden times. Olden, olden, glorious times. Yes. uh, As we all sit around and wait for our shots. Um, Mm -hmm. No no holiday for us over here in the Pacific Northwest, but uh, Mm -hmm. hopefully I'm hoping... You know, we're, I'm hoping to do a trip once once my my parents got all got their first shot, their second shots coming up. And nice. once we can get ours, which is hopefully, you know, not too far away soon, then, right? Soon now. I think I mean, so. you guys qualify. Do you, you qualify right now? No, not would, yet. No. What? Oh, ours is uh, 30 and above 30 and above now. Qualify. Rubbing it in. Rubbing <laughs> it in. The, uh, the Pacific Northwest, they decided to just uh, take their time. But, yeah, yeah, ease into these things. I get my second shot tomorrow morning. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Yeah, nice. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to it. Second did, shot. Did you get the Pfizer or Moderna? Uh, Pfizer. Pfizer okay, so shot. Then you only have to wait one week, I think, after that for full. Oh, for full? I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I'm going to ask the, the nurse when I go in just to see what the deal is. You know, no matter how long you need to stay inside, Michael, there's a game that will tide you over. And apparently, I'm hearing it looks better than ever you better believe it does and what mots here is referring to is we got a Fortnite update for the switch what makes it look so so smooth uh epic came out with a new performance update for the switch it increases more consistent frame rate with fewer issues as if that wasn't enough you also get a bump in resolution it goes from 1000 by 560 to 1170 by 660 in handheld which is a 38% increase in pixels and then you go from 1390 by 780 to 1560 by 880 when it's docked and i will say i have been playing it off and on for the last couple of days before and since the update uh and i and i think it looks nice I think it looks pretty good. It's pretty noticeable. I think it looks, uh, I mean, I never thought it looked bad on the Switch to begin with, but I will say that I noticed less pop-in when you are jumping and diving down and you're like out of the plane, kind of going to where you want to land. I I feel like I see things better now when I'm coming into it. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's looking great. They they did say that it's still going to use dynamic resolution, but it should be less of an issue. You know, they want to have that dynamic resolution so that the frame rate stays consistent, but you shouldn't see that happening so much. And then one nice added little bonus is now it takes up less storage space on your switch. It went down by about 140 megabytes, which considering the overall size of this thing at 11.2 gigs isn't a lot, but I'll take anything I can get, I guess. Any any room I can get on my old uh, memory card, I'll take it. I did update today, and we'll talk about it a little bit later, but nice. it took an hour and a half to update because it is a very, very large patch and over Wi-Fi. So, you know, I, I should I should plug in my Ethernet here since it's sitting here. It'd be a lot faster, I bet. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. that being said, I, I will agree with you. I, I think that overall my experience has been pretty smooth. Like you, like you said, I always thought the game looked really, really good, but I also can contest to it seemed like less pop-in, a little bit more fidelity. And in the blog post that they put out, they also did side by side comparison yeah. and they kind of showed the trees and things. So to me, 
I didn't even know it was pushing these pixels anyways, to be honest with you. <laughs> no. So uh, anything is fantastic. I mean, to me, this is what this shows is that there is a commitment to the Nintendo Switch from the Epic and Fortnite team. Yeah. And and that's good. All in yeah. you, They wouldn't have done this if the numbers were going down or they weren't seeing the players play. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, like, it, it amazes me because this support is still there for essentially what is a free game. You know, you don't have to spend a dime if you don't want to on this game to play it. Like you could literally download it and just play at the same level as me without spending any money if you choose to. And then, and I think that's crazy that it, they continue to give updates. They continue to do these performance updates. That is very, very cool. Despite what you may think of the game and everything else, it's, there's a lot of support there for something that essentially is free. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. Not that they're hurting. Let's let's be honest. But I'm just saying, essentially, it's free. <laughs> yeah, they're not getting my V bucks just yet. I'm going to yeah, play yeah. a little bit more. <laughs> uh, well, let's let's take a quick trip over to Japan really quick because there was a recent press conference over in Osaka uh, with the Universal Creative Executive Team. Now, this is actually really neat because obviously Super Nintendo World's opened up. A lot of people have been doing lots of YouTube videos and reviews of the whole park, all this stuff, and they kind of rolled back the covers a little bit about how the the entire world came together, the theme park, and also how some of the rides came together. And they revealed that they built the entire land, the entirety of Super Nintendo World in virtual reality. So design teams around the globe could, you know, look and place elements in real time and collaborate together. This is literally out of those, you know, futuristic, you know, you know, big keynotes that you see, it's like, we're totally going to go into space and do mm-hmm. this thing. And you're like, that's never going to happen. Well, apparently it happened. Yeah, that happened. is so cool. Um, and on top of that, you know, they're talking about the, the Mario Kart game ride. And they said, you know, they went uh, a, a typical route to normal game development. They decided that they were going to build the entire Mario Kart ride on a game engine. Now they didn't say what game engine they were using, but I'm assuming it's probably Unity or you know Unreal or something like mm-hmm. that, but something that they're already using. And what this means is that since it uses a traditional game engine, um, they could collaborate easier between the States and Japan back and forth, but it also means that they can easily update and patch just like normal video games are doing. So when you think of how momentous sometimes these rides have to get overhauled for updates. What they're saying is because they built it on a standard game engine, they believe that it will allow them to update, upgrade, put in new characters, change themes. So you can imagine you go on the holidays, it's completely themed that way. It's basically like Fortnite and World of Warcraft now, but in a physical theme ride. And I think that's really astonishing. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I had two thoughts when I was watching reading this. First, I think it's very, very cool that they built it into a game engine where you can have updates and and actual. You know, I could see having like uh, maybe maybe as player or not players, but as riders get bored with something, they could essentially have DLC for this ride that makes it new and exciting for people when they get on it again. I love the idea of having theme stuff. I mean, that's fantastic. Whether it's like subtle you know whatever it is that matters that matches the seasons or the holidays i think that's amazing but the idea that they built it in vr to me is genius and it made me wonder if anybody if any other theme parks have done that and we just never heard about it but if not that seems like 
<clears throat> such an amazing way to do a park because you, now you can experience it essentially by walking through it and see everything that's happening. I think that's so cool and so smart. And if they are not doing it, I guarantee you will start seeing other parks doing it in the future. Yeah, they had a, when Microsoft was announcing their new campus, they put out a an app that you could, I don't know if it was, it was a AR, so augmented reality, but mm-hmm. you could, you could point your phone or whatever on like a thing and it would like pop up the new campus or whatever. It was kind of cool, but I want more of that. Right. I yeah, think I want more of that. Really neat. Yeah. Well, I was thinking, I mean, how, how, how cool would it be? And I was thinking with Disney plus, right? So you have something like Disney plus, and then we had the pandemic happen. Nobody could go to any of the parks. Everything shut down. What if Disney had VR parks that they offered to Disney plus subscribers where essentially you're walking through the parks and you're visiting the parks, you're going on rides, but it's all over VR and you still pay. You're still a subscriber. So you still have to have it. But I just thought it'd be like an interesting way to enjoy the parks or maybe like, you know, you're across the country. You don't always get to go there across the world. So you pay to be able to see to some extent the experience, just like how many videos of of, you know, Super Mario World have we watched because we can't get there. I feel like people would pay for that just to be like, yeah, at least I saw it. I want to go and I'm excited to go, but I can't yet. So this is the next best thing. I'll do a VR ride. So it would be cool. It'd be cool to see where this goes. And I think if nothing else, it's a smart way to build a park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, we know about review bombing. We know that it's a thing. We it, it sucks, right? People get disgruntled about something, so they go on like Metacritic or some other site and they just give zero out of 10 because whatever, it didn't have a character they wanted or they're upset, they're, you know, whatever. Um, so what would the opposite of bombing be when a game is not good, but people go on and give it great reviews. And and that's that seems to be happening. Balan Wonderworld recently released, and the reviews of it, the critical reviews of it, have not been good. It's, it seems to be not a very good game. This was made by Yuji Naka, who is a formal, former head of Sonic Team. So a very well-known name, kind of an icon in the industry with some of the games that they've put out, Sonic the Hedgehog being one of them. Um, and, uh, yeah, these, these, this game is not getting good reviews. A lot of what I've seen so far is saying that it's just bad mechanics and just poor play game, you know, play, play style and the, everything about it is just kind of falling apart. I think I've seen around threes and out of tens, four out of tens, but on Metacritic, there has been a bunch of 10 out of 10s over the last few days, bumping the overall score to a very positive average, which is crazy considering the 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 overall feel of it is not that good and many of the reviewers have very suspicious names so people are starting to think okay it seems like we're getting review lifted if nothing else because none of these reviews seem to make sense they're all seem to be written in like broken english and they have all of these very weird cryptic names that just seem like a a bunch of gibberish nothing's ever like it's a bot it has to be so i wrote through i went through and grabbed some of examples from it and i these ones stood out to me i thought there were just some great reviews uh one of them is live Live this game as an adventure, and you will be rewarded with the best platform ever. Larry Orr. Or best game of this decade. (laughs) Omano. This is the greatest platform game made in the whole gen. (laughs) 
<laughs> I thought that was a weird way of putting it. Uh, this Bell in Wonder World became one of my favorite platforming games after hitting the credits. And then the, my very favorite of them all was I like it. <laughs> so there you have it. A couple of the 10 out of 10 reviews, not a single criticism for this game. I, yeah, pretty interesting. Definitely, uh, definitely a bot of some sort. I like Just, it. I like it. I do like it. <laughs> and, you know, the 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 part is a lot of these can go into some natural language generator. And uh, on my other podcast, I was talking with Frank about we were talking about just how these things are getting so good that they can actually generate almost perfect English. Yeah. Ish. Right. And obviously this mm-hmm. one isn't perfect, but, you know, they're coming up with names they are coming up with things that aren't crazy, but not necessarily, you know, the best. But it's it almost is, believable, it's almost believable. Something that is believable is some absolutely stunning artwork from a, um, a, a Canadian artist mm-hmm. known as Charles A. Uh, he posted this. Um, tw- not tweet, but he posted this Reddit on Reddit, this, this thread on Reddit. I don't know. I don't use Reddit, but you know what I mean? Uh, is living up in, in Ontario, Canada. He's an indigenous, uh, ind- artist from the area and he doesn't have any social media accounts, you know, or a shop to sell artwork, but he just posted some of his artwork from gen one starter Pokemon on Reddit. And it basically went bonkers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just went completely off the wall, just astonishing. And this is really cool artwork. I mean, it is a it is really cool. neat representation of Pokemon. And I, I love it. So it's, it's just kind of one of these random ones that popped up this week. And we wanted to share with everybody. We'll put it in the show notes, of course, so you can take a look. But I wish I could buy some of this artwork. Yeah, I know. I was thinking the same thing. I yeah. Apparently, he's super surprised by the love of it and has been thinking about starting a store so he can get commissions out there and stuff. And I think it would do great because the art... It's something I love that it's like this indigenous to his area, to his culture, and it just looks so unique. We haven't seen anything like it before. So I I loved it. I I would love to see more artwork done in that style. I mean, very cool. Now, speaking of things for sale, a very rare Super Mario Brothers cartridge sold for the highest price ever for a video game. Now, you may say, oh, well, we've heard about these high price games. I mean, uh, you know, they're selling for 300,000. Well, this one put those all to shame. This copy sold for $660,000 at auction. It was the highest price video game collector ever, ever previous record record holder. Uh, if you remember was that Nintendo PlayStation combo weird thing that was out there that sold in 2020 for 360,000. This crushed it. And you might say, well, you know, why would something like this, why would something like this sell for so much money? And I still don't know. <laughs> Apparently, if you have a copy of Super Mario Brothers and it's still factory sealed, that's a that's a plus. It has to be rated. This was rated 9.6 by WADA or W-A-T-A, which is a video game collectible grading company. Not super familiar with it, but they have a whole metric that they go through to grade these things. So it has a 9.6, meaning it's almost essentially perfect. It still has the retail hang tab attached. The box does not have a trademark symbol, and it's a part of an extremely a low print run. So all of those combined up add to $660,000 apparently, which is crazy to me. In addition to that one, that was just the the big one. There are other games that sold at 
sort of staggering numbers. Mike Tyson's punch out sold for 102,000. Mega Man, Mega Man for 144,000 and Tetris for $36,000. I don't know who's got this money, but Man, oh man, I would not spend it on these things. I could not do it. I couldn't bring myself to spend six hundred and sixty thousand on this, but somebody is, and uh, good on them, I guess. Congrats. I don't. I don't know, but that's some crazy costs. I mean, that's a steal of a deal, if you ask me. To be honest <laughs> yeah, with you, it's uh, a steal. Uh, yeah. At least it's something that you can play because if if you yeah. were you know out there, you could you could open that puppy up and you go to town. It does. <laughs> could you it... imagine somebody's like just rips into it? It's like, yes, finally, I got a copy of this. It's, pr- it's probably like Mr. Beast or something like that doing something stupid, <laughs> opening the six hundred sixty thousand. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mr. Beast. Like dropping uh, it off a bridge or something dumb, stupid. Oh, uh, man. Now, that being said, at least like you said, uh, we said you, you can at least play that. Um, well, if you don't want to play a full game, maybe you just want to play a single card in battle for $300,000 because one lucky individual just bought a hollow Charizard Pokemon card for $300,000 on eBay. It's a steal of a deal. I mean, remember if we were just kids and we had all this <laughs> stuff, we just would have kept it and I know not. I know. Did anything to put yeah. it in your like whatever bike spokes to make it sound cool? Like what? I mean, cards. I you know how many Pokemon cards I probably just threw away or had them under tables. Or I, it's funny after I saw this, I had to send the article to a buddy of mine who still has a bunch of his collected, and he, he his eyes popped out. He's like, "I better start going through my cards." <laughs> Could not believe it. I had a stack of cards somewhere, and I I I don't know where they're at. Maybe the back of my parents' house. The next time I go home, I definitely have to do it. But, um. You know, apparently this wasn't even the highest selling auction. It had 124 bids at $311,000 and $800, but apparently a rare Blastoise card sold earlier this year, well, somehow we didn't report on it, for $360,000. And I mean, and this is all just going into the, you know, physical things, but I'm sure that there's going to be stupid NFTs. I heard like t- Atari's doing NFT things. These, I don't know. There's all uh, sorts of crazy fungible keep track of all this stuff. Too, but... many, too many things that people to spend their money on. You know what yeah. I like to spend my money on? Not <laughs> not not Pokemon cards. You don't want to not, buy some new Pokemon cards for uh, or buy some old Pokemon cards for $300,000. No, I'm, <laughs> I'm good. And you know, I really, I mean, yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. I think I'm yeah, good yeah. here. It does make me sad because I, I, you know, you know, when you were you're a kid, your parents were like, you know, don't open that or like save that, like you know, all the the things that you do as a kid, and then there's certain points where things just get crazy. Yeah, no, I I agree. It's it's kind of it's it's so hard to think about the stuff that I've had as a kid that probably are worth thousands of dollars now. And I would have never thought about it. You know, it just seems like that's that, like that card seems like they probably made a bajillion of them. You wouldn't even think about it. I don't know, but so be it good, good on them again, you know, congrats to all the people that have that kind of money and they can spend that kind of money on a single Pokemon card. Now, That gets us to our next story, and that was last week or the week before. I cannot remember, but we talked about Pikmin, the new uh, Niantic game that will be coming out, the the, uh, AR version of Pikmin that will be on your phone. And we kind of tried to speculate, what would that be? What are you going to get? What what, what is it? Is it going to be something new that we've never seen before? Is it going to be something crazy that we can't think of? Eh, It doesn't seem that way. Pikmin app has launched a public test in Singapore. Currently, the game is titled Pikmin App, 
early access. So obviously it's still early access. And it sounds like this is going to be a much more passive experience than Pokemon Go even is. Essentially, you're going to be walking, which generates uh, step energy, which allows you to grow Pikmin from seedlings. And then you can take those, you can feed those seedlings, I should say, nectar, and that will make them bloom into different colored flowers. And then you can send those out to grab, get like fruit or whatever. And that fruit will be turned into nectar, which obviously lets you raise your pigment to make more flowers, to make more whatever. And it's just the cycle continues. I think it's okay, but that seems to be the gist of it, really. You're going to have petals that kind of get scattered as you walk. And those petals kind of promote more pigment to grow. You can also select, I don't think it's on by default, but you can select to have those flower trails for everywhere you've walked show up for the for five days. So a, you can see your walking history for five days to people like if Mats and I are friends in the game, he can see where I've been walking for the last five days. I think that's interesting, but I don't know how many people are going to be okay with that. So that's the gist of it that they're saying or sharing right now. They do say that all seven major species of Pikmin should be in the game. So that's red, blue, yellow, purple, white, rock, and winged. And then you're going to have costumed decor versions of Pikmin, which will appear in certain areas. So you'll probably have like, you know, like the Pikachu with the hat. I'm assuming that's what they're referring to here. But overall, this seems like a step counter that has Pikmin involved. Um, not 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 what I was hoping for as far as game wise, but if it does get people out there walking, I guess there's no harm in that. It just doesn't seem to be adding anything to Pokemon Go, the craze that Pokemon Go started. You had Harry Potter, you know, awesome IP, but that game did nothing because I feel like it was more of the same. And I wonder what's going to happen with this. Well, I got to say, Michael, I'm actually really excited for this because I do walk a lot. So I would walk around and put Pikmin everywhere. Now, if I could, like, you know, mark my territory of Pikmin everywhere and they stay there and then they're battling other people that are walking over Ooh, my like Pikmin. That. I'm just saying. But imagine, Michael, what if I could do it in augmented reality? I could walk around with glasses and I could see my Pikmin in front of my face and all the Pikmin around me. Well, that may just happen because the Niantic CEO said, take a look at these sweet potential AR glasses that we want to spread onto the world. <laughs> um, anyways, there's not much besides like a few little little things and that, you know, they kind of yeah, want to put maybe show a small, much. small speaker in it or a microphone maybe. It looks like normal glasses. Um, it kind of makes a natural next step for what they want to do maybe. I yeah, I, we'll I think so. I think that would be good. I, I like where you're going with the Pikmin. I think that's a good idea. If you could leave them and maybe they battle or something happens, like some game aspect, I could be sold on this Pik Pikmin app. But I do like the idea of the glass. I do think it makes sense. I think it is a natural step in progression for the company. I think it makes sense that they're going to get into that arena. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't know if people care. I just don't know if people want that. You know what I mean? But it, it does seem like that would make sense. But like your phone, you always have your phone. These glasses, it's one more thing in your pocket. And you kind of have to be like, well, I'm going to go put my AR glasses on and walk the dog and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. it makes sense for them to at least try. And uh, yeah, I, 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 I'm not I'm not I wouldn't I wouldn't poo poo on it. I want to see it. I want to see more. And what we got wasn't a lot. Yeah, that's very true. Well, that's our news. 
That is that is our news. We had a whole bunch of fun stuff. I think a lot of really fun stories. But uh, let's get into some of the best sellers for the week. We'll run down it real quick. And to no surprise, number one spot is Monster Hunter Rise, new to the list. Followed by Among Us, Monster Hunter Rise Deluxe Edition is in at three. Super Mario 3D World, Mario Rabbids, Minecraft, Animal Crossing, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, which has just never gone anywhere, Stardew Valley, and Super Smash Brothers ultimate rounding out the top 10 now we have new games on the top 30 to no surprise yet again story of seasons is in 11th and story of seasons plus the expansion pass is in 19th so good on story of seasons uh, I, i'm I, I think we'll be seeing that in the top 10 very very soon but uh yeah uh, new stuff on the list there and then Maybe we'll be seeing some more new stuff on the list with new releases we're into this week. And I got the first check. And this is a game coming out April 6th for $24.99. It's currently on sale for $20 and it's called Breathe Edge. This one has me written all over it. I'm super excited. Uh, it has very good reviews on Steam. And essentially, it is subnautic in outer space. You are surviving in outer space. You have to craft tools, pilot vehicles, and even control space stations to survive and explore wreckage. You take on the role of a guy named The Man, very original, who is just carrying his grandpa's ashes to a galactic funeral, and suddenly you find yourself in the middle of a universal conspiracy as one does. This just seems like a general run-of-the-mill story for anybody out there. And uh, yeah, Breathe Edge. It looks pretty good. The graphics look beautiful. And when I saw that it had such good reviews on Steam, I was sold. Yeah, this one looks pretty cool. And it does definitely feel like subnautical in space. Yeah. So not for me necessarily, but definitely for you. Yeah, yeah. Well, one that I'm really, really excited about, because I don't think I ever got to play it on the Xbox, um, is Star Wars Republic Commander. Did you ever get to play this game, Michael? No, but I am excited that this is coming to Switch. It uh, It looks pretty good, so... This one is really unique compared to other Star Wars games because it's based on the Clone Wars. However, it's all about squads. So you control a squad of Republic commandos, hence the name Republic commando. <laughs> you're the squad leader, so you get to you know navigate them around, do all this stuff. Anyways, I remember it being like super, super high end when it came out and really good. I don't think Aspire necessarily, this isn't like an HD remix. This is just like, hey, this was a game that you played. Now it's yeah. on your Switch, which is also fine. It's 15 bucks. And that's about how much I would, you know, 15, 10, 15 boxes is a good thing in that in that realm. But it's one on my list. I'm going to add it to the wish list. I'm not going to pick it up for 15 bucks, but I am yeah. going to put it on my wish list for 15 bucks. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's that's how I looked at it, too. I added to the wish list. 15 seems very high for this. Like you said, it's not a, it's not an HD remaster. It's just basically this game existed. Here it is on your switch. Now enjoy it. Uh, so 15 is high for me, but I am happy it's coming out on the switch because like you, I never got to play it and I do want to check this out. So it'll go on the wish list when that drops. I will grab it for sure. I think the next one I checked is similar to that in that it's $15 and I'm not convinced I want to spend $15 on it, but it looked interesting enough that I wanted to kind of give it a shout out for others to look into. That's called Lost Words Beyond the Page. And the way they're explaining this, they say Lost Words is an atmospheric narrative adventure that takes place in the personal diary entries belonging to a young girl named Izzy that will unfold as you explore a fantasy land where words hold immense power. 
This is a very from from what I got of the trailer anyway. It's a beautiful game. It seems to have interesting like gameplay you, mechanics, and a, and I loved the watercolor aesthetic of the game. So that's why I wanted to give it a check because it seems interesting what they're trying to convey in the story. And sometimes that can be a mess, and sometimes that can be something like more artistic and beautiful. But for 15, it just gets a check from me and we'll see where it goes. But I did think it was a beautiful game. So why not? Why not give it a shout out? It could be definitely a must have for somebody out there. So we wanted to bring attention to it. Now, on April 8th, I also gave a check to Always Sometimes Monsters. This is a $9.99 game on sale for $7.99, and you set out on a cross-country journey to win back the love of your life and make challenging, story-defining choices that affect your life and the lives of those around you. This this description seems way more adult and intense than the gameplay that I saw in the trailer because I was watching the trailer and it does have like these things that pop that says, you know, you're making choices and blah, blah, blah. But there's there's some crazy stuff in this trailer. Like they they like like you have a gun and you shoot somebody and they go flying into a pool and start to sink like and this is all like pixel based you know, death road to Canada style. So at first I was just like, oh, this is a kind of a cutesy game. And then I'm like, oh, there's, there's a lot going on here. And then I read this description. It's, I don't know what's happening in this game. This is craziness to me, but it has decent reviews on steam. And so I had to give it a check because it's, it's, it seems priced well for what it is. And it just seems so interesting and different that I, I had to at least maybe check this one out. It's just, it's an odd one. Yeah, that one's fascinating. I'm not, I'm not so sure for me. Weird. And the it's next so one you weird. have, I'm actually on the border of two because we checked a lot this week, surprisingly. Oh, yeah. This one I was on the cusp of. I think this next one, it's right up your alley, but I think also maybe for Heather. I'm not positive, but it looks really good. I'll let you break it down. Okay, so now I will say with this next one, this is on Apple Arcade, and I have played it there. So I have Apple Arcade, like I said, $5 a month. You get access to all these games. This is on there. It is now coming to the Switch. It's called Cozy Grove. It's $15. It's on sale right now for $13.49. Essentially, Cozy Grove is a life sim game about camping on a haunted, ever-changing island. You play as a spirit scout, and you wander all over the island, and you're trying to help these spirits and trying to soothe them and basically help them to kind of either fulfill whatever they're there, what's keeping them on the island, so that they can pass on to to go wherever they need to go. And as you're doing that, the island kind of goes from this muted, uh, not not quite black and white, but like a sepia tone sort of tan to color. Little by little, you kind of get rid of, you know how in games you have the fog of war. This kind of gets has a similar effect, except it goes from tan to bright color and joy. And that's what you're doing there. You're, you're trying to earn your spirit badge. And by doing, to do that, you need to help all of these spirits. It looks very good on um, Apple Arcade. It's more of a point and, and click type game on Apple Arcade. And while I was playing it, I said, man, I know a lot of games from Apple Arcade go to the Switch. I, I kind of want this on the Switch because I think I would enjoy it more having more control over controlling the character. And lo and behold, like literally that week, I noticed that it was on there. So I'm excited to see this. I wish we'd get a demo for this because I want to see how the controls work. 
but it is beautiful. It has a very uh, don't starve, hand drawn look to it. Maybe not quite as Tim Burney, but has sort of that hand drawn look that people I think tend to either really love or just don't really care much for. I like the idea of the spirits and the artwork and the in the the story. There's 40 plus hours of campaign and side quests that you can get out of it. So for you know the $15, it does seem like the money is you know is well spent. There seems to be a lot to it. And the coolest thing, we do get a pre-order exclusive. Um, you're going to get a costume, a bear costume, a fox costume, a cherry blossom dress, and all of this is in time for spring. And you only get this if you pre-order before April 8th. So I think that's interesting that we get that. That does not seem to be something you can get on the Apple Arcade version. I will say it's pretty cool on the Apple Arcade. I think it will be even better on Switch if the controls Ha, are are actually like mapped out for the the joy cons nice that's cool that's a good breakdown whether you get to play it i just did get three months of apple arcade for free because i bought a new um macbook air so nice. maybe maybe i'll boot that up and try it out but there's there's so much good stuff on there that i i like it if nothing else to use it as a way of testing and doing basically a demo for something that m- and in, in, in all in all likelihood will be on the switch because they seem to like translate very well to the switch. So a lot of the times I see something I love and I'm like, oh, well, here it comes next week. It's on the switch or two weeks from now, it'll be on the switch. So it gives me an idea. It gives me a little taste of something, you know? Yeah, that's super cool. That that should be their catchphrase. Apple Arcade, the best way to demo. <laughs> yeah, the best way to demo for the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, I'm keeping this check party going. I do have another one and then probably about five more after that. Uh, the next one is called A Potion Party. This is a $10 game on sale right now for $8.49. And you get to run your own alchemy shop in this fast-paced party game, which I, I, I think I like. This is kind of like an overcooked, except sort of fantasy world you basically are going to get to create combine and sell potions from your very own alchemy shop you can join friends for couch co-op multiplayer with up to four people you can play a story mode alone or together with up to four players to earn gold and unlock new stages and gameplay modes there's a versus mode where you get to compete against people there's an endless mode where you can just keep going until you can't anymore uh they do say you have a total of five to ten hours of gameplay which seems a little light to me for you know ten bucks that's why i'm thinking i'm giving it a check and wait till it's on sale but i like that you can unlock stuff i like that this seems like a frantic party game you can all hang out and just kind of laugh and and play one of these couch co-op games i i think these are always fun um but i you know obviously i wish there was online multiplayer for it as well but potion party and we did get a code for it so i think we're going to play it and and check it out we probably won't get to do too much of the couch co-op obviously but we're going to try to check it out see how the story mode adds up and if you know if this is something that's actually fun so i'm looking forward to that one the last one was a surprise even to me that I checked it. It's called Astro Aqua Kitty for $15. It's an action RPG shoot 'em up adventure. You're operating this tiny little space shuttle flying all around space, shooting at anything that moves. Uh, you get to pick your crew. You can blast off to investigate these mysterious water-filled asteroids. And while you're at it, you're going to be battling bizarre enemies, mining for gems, grabbing new weapons, installing devices on your 
ship and unlocking crews while you level up their skills with XP. I like a lot of those things. I always love sort of the skill trees and tinkering with how well or effective I am as at doing something. And I and this looked actually really nice. The kitty stuff, I, I couldn't care about that but i thought the gameplay and the art design and all of it looked really well done it was pretty polished so for 15 bucks i gave it a check we'll see if it goes on sale or if we get a code and uh i wanted to check this one out okay (laughs) uh all right let me speak finally because i'm real excited because there are two more games that i am uh quite excited for uh the first one is say no more uh, this one's pretty good. It's like a blocky, I don't know. It's not, it's a little bit more high fidelity than a Minecraft, but it is a blocky esque world. But the whole idea is like, do you hate that people ask you to do stuff? Don't you just wish <laughs> oh, that just say no, you just say no. Well, that's what this <laughs> game is all about. You just walk around and you can say no in like nine different languages <laughs> and you just say no to everybody. No, no, no. And it comes out on April 9th, which is also German for no nine. Uh, which is also funny in the trailer, but yeah, they it's it's supposed to be like a comedy based on late '90s video game fun. But you just go around, you just mess stuff up, and you just say no, no, no. And like as you're saying no, it kind of wrecks the world around you. So people will come up and they'll say, "Hey, can you work this weekend?" And then you say no, and then you yeah, that's so you just kinda... and, and things that happen because of it. Yeah. <laughs> that's great. So this one looks fun. Uh, I hope that. We get a code for it. I did apply for a code. It is $15. I don't think I'd pay that for it, but it is on the wish list. Uh, but one that I may just pick up, actually, this one might be on Apple Arcade. I got to look at it. Um, it's from two awesome studios called Luxlinger, a Ooh. fistful of fortune. It's eight bucks, comes on on April 9th. And this is a 2D side scroller pixel shooter, basically Western, right? So it's it's kind of, one of those side scroller space on spaghetti Westerns. But the idea is that you pick up luck. Okay. On the way. So what that means is when you're up on luck, you have more chance for bullet evasion. Um, you can get better loot drops, um, and better chances of like staying alive of dodging bullets. But when you're down on your luck, um, bridges collapse, rock tumble, rocks tumble on you. Um, the outlaws that are in the world, um, you know, might be able to figure out where you're sleeping at night. So like the dynamics based on how you get this luck or whatever, I don't know if it's just something you pick up in the game or however it works, it alters the game as you're going. And I thought that was really neat. So I I put it on the list and it looks pretty cool. I mean, yeah, it's just a little 2d side scroller. It's, it's, it's very pixely, very like eight bit style, but I liked it. I thought it looked pretty neat actually. That's a that's a cool mechanic too, basing it around luck. You don't see that too often in games, so that's kind of yeah. fun. Oh, and also there's a duck companion who's always by your side. Oh, even better. Even so better. I like it. Yeah, yeah I like it. <laughs> the best <laughs> <laughs> well that gets us to everybody's favorite segment in the show what you playing mods what have you been playing oh should we talk about the knockout city crossplay beta michael yeah let's do it we that's something we both actually played this week yeah uh you told me you were streaming today on your lost in the wilderness uh <laughs> yeah, yep. story of your life <laughs> yep. game and you're like you should you should try out knockout city and i said oh yeah I, rem- I remember i literally forgot about that game so uh it was it's on trial it's over now but it was like this last weekend for a few days you could download this one hour long install and you can play cross play 
not going to see. And this is dodgeball. It is a game of dodgeball multiplayer, but it is um, kind of like some a few mechanics from Fortnite and a few mechanics from Splatoon, maybe like kind of dodging mm. and jumping and then gliding, you know, but it's three on three. So it kind of has that, you know, Splatoon feel to it. But it is three matches of dodgeball. First to 10 points to knock the other person out wins the side and then you got to win two games and uh it's dodgeball yeah yeah this was you know i i remember seeing this and i think i can't remember if it was an indie or if it was the main direct that we had Mm -hmm. a little bit ago but i remember seeing it and had like a weird kind of funny commercial and it, it it's actually pretty fun. Like I, I will say I, I enjoyed it. I want to explore the demo a little bit more. We were trying to have, we were have a conversation before whether or not this is a full, like the full game and we just have access to it. And it seems like it is, it seems like we can do everything, which I like because then you can really get in there and kind of mess around with the character creation and kind yeah. of make it feel like your own. But the gameplay itself was fun. I, when I caught my first, like some, one of the people threw their ball at me and I caught it and like whipped yeah. it right back at him. I was like, Oh, that's cool. All right. The first round, I was like, I'm not feeling this. But as I started to get the game a little bit better and kind of started getting like um, each round or each match has a certain power ball that will pop up. And that's like the ball to have if you're in Mm. that match. So the first one I had was a moon ball, which when I jumped, it was like I was on the moon. I was able to float up and kind of come down all real slow. And it was great because if there was people around me, I'd jump up with this ball and I had tons of time while I was above them to kind of look down on the situation and then shoot it at them. And then there's a sniper ball. And I don't know how many different like power up balls they have, but it was fun. I'm enjoying it. It's kind of a weird, I was comparing it to sort of the color and the vibrancy of like a Fortnite or a sunset overdrive, which was a game on Xbox. Like it's bright and it's colorful and it's playful and it's crazy. And there's like this weird radio voice uh, animating and like announcing what's going on. And, and it was fun. I'm, I'm digging it. I want to play it a little bit more. I agree with you. I, I definitely had a smile on my face. We were talking, I was playing it right before we podcasted today because it took a while to download. So, and it took a while for me to, it took me a while to sign in to not only my Nintendo account and then link that to my EA account, which I had not previously done because mm-hmm. I had to reset my password and then I used a strong password and that's never fun to enter it on your Switch. And then I did it and then I got in. So about, you know, 20 minutes of entering my password, I got playing and yeah, I, I had a lot of fun with this. I really enjoyed it. I my fear with this game would be that I you get bored with it after a few weeks of playing. But yeah, the gameplay I did have a lot of fun. Now, if you could obviously do matchmaking to you and two of your buds, you know, playing it together, that would be really cool. Squads, you know, you create squads. Yeah, that would be that cool. would be neat. Uh, the character seem whatever. The graphics look good. It loads really fast. The 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 gameplay is really smooth. It seems like it's at a pretty you know, decent frame rate, 30 or mm-hmm. six. I can't, I don't really know, but it feels good. And yeah, I, you know, uh, duck, duck, dob, dodge, dip, you <laughs> dodging it. So, uh, yeah, it's good. Definitely dodging it. You could dodge a wrench. You could dodge a ball. The best part was, I think it'll be a really fun party game because the, the fun was I, we were, we were making a comeback, my team and we're down like six, one or whatever in the first match. And then, uh, we were, 
I don't know, like they had like nine and, and they had, we had like six or whatever. And we were kind of making a comeback and you're like, well, don't be the last person. I'm like, oh, I just got hit. Ah, <laughs> you know, I just got <laughs> yeah. knocked out. Figures, so. I'm the one that made us lose. Oh, man. But it's fun when you get the victory because then you knock them out. And uh, yeah, it's, it's really fun. I, I like it so far. I've just played the one match. I'm definitely going to hop in a few more before it's over. But yeah, so far, I really enjoyed it. If anyone else that's listening got to play it, let us know what you thought about it because it's pretty fun. So it's pretty, it's a good break from the other game I've been playing this week, which is Fortnite. I booted it up another hour and a half install of that mega uh, update of season six or whatever, but I, I didn't boot it up until now. So I got to play that little, um, you know, single player mini adventure that they give you in the beginning of, I don't know. What's this primal thing? You want to explain the primal thing to everybody really quick here? So the thing you're talking about, like that that weird campaign that kind of ends is the, the ending of the Fortnite Zero Crisis story, basically. And that's how the that's how Epic and Fortnite is explaining all these weird crossovers and how these all these characters are able to be pulled from all these other dimensions and bring it into this this one time. So in the in the in the game, what happens is this thing kind of sends out these pulses and it's it's screwing up time and space. And now in in the island that we play the game on, there's this primal area. And the primal area is all sort of like, it looks like fall time. It's all like the orange leaves and orange grass and all that kind of stuff. And it kind of kind of went out in sort of like a star shape. It's not like a perfect circle or anything. But in the primal area, and um you're gonna see you're gonna see dinosaurs, you're gonna see wolves, you're gonna see chicken, like weird animals that we've never had in the game before. And all of the weapons in those areas are primal versions variations of the weapons you would normally get so the shotgun has like bones and tape and all this kind of like it looks like you almost kind of cobbed it together and as you kill wolves and dinosaurs and chickens you collect their bones and you can upgrade that weapon so a lot of times what i do is i get the bow and then i'll upgrade it to the max level i can and then for the one next step of the upgrade the last upgrade you need another component so you'll need like um, jars of the fireflies or gas or grenades and then you can make like a boom bow or you can make like a bow that if you shoot somebody fire like engulfs them and so it's really fun and everybody can have like i had one that was a had um like poison gas so if i shot somebody they're like you know, not only can you not hear where I'm shooting from because it's a bow and arrow, but now you've got poison gas all around you and you're like, what is going on? So now that's what the primal stuff is. All of the new stuff in the game uh. is this like weird primal area. And it's it's it definitely changes it up. I like I like updating and modifying my my weapons quite a bit. That's one thing I need to figure out because I they kind of are trying to walk you through it and I couldn't figure it out. But the first time I walked across like a velociraptor or something I was like what's going on here there was what's happening over here it was like some animal <laughs> yeah, or something yeah. i was like oh, okay and then there's weird characters that are just sitting around and they can give you mini side quests and things like yeah. this yeah it, there's all kinds of stuff now it's kind of bananas but i did play my first match of it i played the the the, the fun single player mini game that was kind of neat and then yeah i got like 28th place in a solo match or whatever so it was felt good now did they get did they change the controls in the last year where you are auto running all the time. 
I don't think so. I do, you know, it's funny because I do feel like the control, something happened there. So now you can run, but if you, so whatever that is, left left Joy-Con or whatever, when you push it down once, now you're like in run mode. But if you if you do it twice, you're like in super run mode. I, yeah. I don't really understand how, something changed, but I can't put my finger exactly on what it was that changed. Mm-hmm. But it does seem like that running mechanic was modified or a, a slight bit. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, let's say Fortnite is still Fortnite. Super good, super fun. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I'm ready to hop back in and play some more and see if I can, you know, get some more V bucks and get to the stage where I can unlock the V bucks or whatever again for the yeah. next season. But yeah, overall, I'm I'm really impressed uh, by the new stuff and got that new update. I'm I'm excited for it. So nice. I'm, now nice. that I kind of know a little bit based on what you said, I kind of know a little bit of what I need to do in the game and get a little bit better at. But there's way more modes than ever too. Like they've when you're playing, there used to be like solo duo or whatever and squads. And now there's like 18 modes that you can play from. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, it is crazy. Um, all right. Besides Fortnite, I did play a little bit more Zen pinball effects three played a bunch of medieval madness. Uh, I don't know, just for some reason I was watching some other one, like play real life pinball. And I was like, I need to play this game. So I did that. I played all of these games and Michael on my brand new Genki shadow cast. Nice. Nice. That's cool. Yeah, it is a uh, screen capture mini dongle for any HDMI device. And of course, Genki, as we know, have done Bluetooth adapters. They've done a power brick so you can take your switch on the go without the dock and just use the, the outlet, which is nice. And then this is the latest um, device that they have, which is the Shadowcast. And the whole idea is that you take your Nintendo Switch or your PlayStation or your Xbox or any HDMI device you plug in this tiny little dongle and then you plug your USB into your computer or your Mac and boom, it shows up as a webcam and a microphone on your computer, which means you can use it in OBS. You can stream it. You can easily add it as into zoom calls or you can install their optional software. So you can do all that without installing any software or you can install their Genki arcade software. And this is pretty neat because it will automatically detect the shadow cast when it's plugged into your computer and it will give you two options, basically a performance mode and a graphics mode. And the performance mode is optimized for higher frame rate, higher frame rate, lower resolution. And the graphics mode is better graphics, some lower frame rate, right? And it's not anything with your switch. It's just how fast they're pushing, you know, pixels across the screen into your, into your machine. Now I will say this, I am going from my switch uh, HDMI out into a USB-C to normal USB 3.0 adapter. So I could be getting a little bit slower transfer rates on that. I'm going to plug it into my Mac, which only has USB-C and see if that's a lot faster or not. But overall, I'm relatively impressed. Uh, I've been playing a lot of that. I played all of them on low res, um, you know, uh, the l- lower res, which mm-hmm. Fortnite is, is all fine. Like, around text it's a little bit you know pixelated and i have a video review coming out on my youtubes in in a few weeks here but breaking it down but overall either mode is good i played a lot of pinball in both modes and definitely the enhanced graphics mode looks better and that's what i kind of want to play on but i will say that it it was a little bit more sluggish but there was no input lag which was very Mm. important so the audio is in sync there's no input lag things like that my favorite part is that you know, when you use a capture card, you have to use their software or you have to use OBS or something to view it. The nice thing about this 
is that it has those two modes. You can optimize it. You can control the volume of the output too. And it's a normal window. So you can put it in full screen. You can make it a little tiny window. So I had, for example, you on my left hand of my monitor streaming today. And on the right hand, I had me playing Fortnite and I could easily go back and forth. And it was, you know, just a very simple application. So it wasn't a lot of clutter. You know, a lot of those other applications have a lot of clutter where you have to float it and do different stuff and have the app running. So it's minimal on your machine, which is kind of nice uh, since That's it's just cool. a webcam. So yeah, it works pretty well. So the, and the application is no fluff. So there's no recording or anything like that, but you can put it in OBS. You can do anything you want and it works with anything. So if you have a, uh, anything with an HDMI out, as long as it, you know, you have a, it's proper big HDMI. So if you had a, uh, let's say a DSLR, you could get an adapter, right. And you could use it for that from, from all intents and purposes. So it is $50. So it's a much cheaper than a cam link and it seems to be pretty stable. So all That's in awesome. all, I think if it's something that you probably aren't going to use if you're a you know, pro streamer, but if you're just like, Hey, I want to, I want to take this on the go. This is, this is the win, right? It's like, Hey, I want to take my switch on the go and there's not a TV in or on my dock. I just want to plug it into my computer and play or stream or something like that. That's what this is definitely for. It seems like, so, I mean, this seems like a perfect way of using, you know, we've talked about having a GoPro as your webcam. It seems like this could be a good solution for that because I've had issues where, you know, trying to buy like a knockoff cam link or something to that, to use the for the GoPro webcam and it just doesn't work. It just doesn't recognize it on my Mac. But it seems like this being $50, which is a steal compared to like the cam link, which I think were 200 something. This seems like it would be a great solution for that if it's able to capture the video as a webcam. That, even yeah. Just that alone seems like a good use for it. Yeah, totally. And, and, and I'm pretty sure that when you put it into OBS, it does like a, the normal output. So whatever the HDMI out is, so there's not like a high or low mode or whatever, but all in all, I've been, it seems to work. And, you know, I have, I have a Elgato internal capture card that was 200 bucks. I have a, the external ones. You both have an external one, you and Christina. Uh, I have a cam link uh, for Elgato. I've given Elgato way too much money. So it kind of feels good to explore a little bit more. Yeah. And, as a Kickstarter backer of it. So I got it a little bit early and um, yeah, it seems to work as advertised. And that's what awesome. I've been playing and testing this week, Michael. Sweet. Yeah. And I mean, basically I'm doing all the same stuff. The only thing that we haven't discussed is a little bit more of the long dark. I'm playing the final episode. That's what I've been streaming over the last handful of weeks on our, uh, on our Twitch channel. And so I'm, I'm getting to a point where I think, I think I'm almost done with the, they, they only have three episodes out of the five have been released. So I'm, I believe I'm probably, I don't know, a third of the way from in, into the third episode maybe kind of i don't know um so i'm ready for that to be done i'm i'm looking for i mean i enjoyed it but i'm ready for something different i'm ready to play something else um you know it's like i said in the beginning of my stream it's starting to get beautiful here so i don't want to be in a game that's constantly cold and snowing and miserable and i'm ready to kind of like get into that subnautica vibe or play something else and kind of mix it up a little bit on the stream so i'm almost done with what i can finish and uh and then we'll be moving on and i think it'll be just in time for subnautica when that comes out so or maybe even uh bioshock maybe i'll finally get back into playing um bioshock again so many good games that's the problem michael yeah so many good games well we did it we made it through somehow on nintendo dispatch we miss our 
Christina, but she will be mm-hmm. at, back hopefully next week and rejoin us. But of course, we will also be streaming throughout the week over on our Twitch, twitch.tv slash Nintendo Dispatch. Or of course, just go to nintendodispatch.com for all of the links and all of the things where you can find us. But that's going to do it for this week's Dispatch. So until next week, keep gaming. And this has been your Nintendo Dispatch.